This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. You're listening to episode 13 dun, dun, dun. of the In Between podcast, where you'll hear conversations on marriage, parenting, faith, and everything in between. My name is Daniel M. And I'm Christina M. Well, today we're going to be talking about really two things. Yes, you kind of get, uh, what's the saying? You kill two birds. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> kill two birds with one stone. Bogo. Bogo. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't get one. Actually, which is funny. Okay, okay. You're laughing hysterically because I one time opened up my Starbucks app and I was I was about to order and then I saw something that said Bogo tea. And I was like, oh, you know, I usually get coffee at Starbucks, but I felt like a tea that day. And I never heard of this Bogo tea. And it was just like, I, you know, I feel like I want to try something new. So I went to the counter and I was like, I'd like to have a Bogo tea, please. And they were like, what? I don't think we have one of those. And I was like, no, but it says on your app, BOGO. And they're like, oh, let's buy one and get one free. And I was like, I'll take a coffee, please. <laughs> this is what your masters gets you? <laughs> yes. Okay. Exactly. So going back to today's episode, I'm really excited because this is actually our first interview. Mm-hmm. When we were on the road to Canada for spring break, we stopped in to stay with my best friend. Her name is Christine Martin. We've known each other since we've been 12. And uh, grew up together, and now our friend, like our kids, are friends. It's really, really sweet. Yeah. So she has a blog uh, named "Admits the Chaos." She's going to spell it for you (laughs) (laughs) on uh, the interview. But um, she lives in Toronto uh, with her three kids and her husband. And I wanted to interview her because uh, for two reasons. First, is that uh, she battled with postpartum depression. And the American Psychological Association actually states that one in seven women will uh, deal with postpartum depression. So it's, you know, probably one of our listeners have either dealt with it themselves or know someone who has. And I don't really feel like it's talked about enough, really. So we wanted to interview her, that she'll share her story and the ways that she has found help. And uh, the umbrella, I guess, um, overarching topic for episode 13 is actually to help those who are hurting. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times I feel like if someone's going through something that I've never experienced or um, maybe you're not familiar with, my go-to is texting and saying, I'm so sorry, I'm going to pray for you. Um, please let me know what I can do. And I think those are good words, but sometimes it just kind of gets stuck there and I feel helpless and I'm not sure what I can do. So um, through this interview, Christine is going to talk a little bit about practical ways that we can help those who are hurting. All right. So before we get into the interview, we wanted to read a review out and thank you again for all of those who are, who have left a review for us on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. I don't know what they want to call themselves. <laughs> But this one, we actually wanted to to read to read one of them for you because it was just super encouraging. This one is by Jenny Zentz. 
beautifully practical and wonderfully inspirational five stars. What a delight. As a mom blogger and a self-proclaimed podcast junkie, I consume a lot of content. This podcast is refreshingly real, beautifully practical, and wonderfully inspirational. I find myself smiling just listening to these two. I know they're going to have great success in their podcast venture. I look forward to much, much more from them and to sharing them with my tribe. Oh, thank you, Jenny. (laughs) Thank you so much, Jenny. And for everyone else who left a review, uh, if you have not yet done so, please do so. It, it helps and we we actually do read every single one of we them sure so do. it's mm-hmm. super encouraging but also if you have feedback it helps us get better as well all right well let's play the interview so we were living actually in Sudbury which is about four hours uh, north of Toronto and pregnant with our third child total surprise and actually um my job had kind of unexpectedly ended and I was sick at the end of the pregnancy and my husband got a new job here in Toronto and we were moving and life was chaotic and all of that and Mm -hmm. so uh we had we moved and then we had our third child who was very sick when he was born spent two weeks in the NICU and uh, we moved into our new home and all of a sudden I found myself in a brand new community, didn't know anybody. I was, didn't have a career anymore. And you didn't have family around either, right? No family. We were also in a brand new neighborhood. So we actually were the first people living on our street. Oh, wow. So barely even any neighbors. Um, And... I was at home with three kids under four years old and very quickly I started realizing that I needed a creative outlet. I could sense that something was wrong, Mm -hmm. uh, which we'll get into in a little bit here, but, um, I knew that I, I was a creative person and I needed something. I love my children. I am so blessed to have my children and to be their mom, but I never felt that my sole purpose was to be a stay-at-home mom. And I knew that in order to be the best mom that I could to them, I needed to have a creative outlet of my own. But how do you do that with three kids at home? Mm -hmm. And so I remember a couple of people started throwing out, well, you should blog, you know, and... I remember saying, I I have three kids. I don't have time for a hobby. And (laughs) my one friend said to me, like, no, like people make this a business. Like you can do incredible things now with, you know, an online platform. And so one thing led to another. Actually, that same friend built me the entire website and we launched in January 2015. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So what were your kind of your first blog posts about? Because I know they went pretty like get to know you right away. Yeah. Like I, I mean, I always wanted a creative flair. I always had a creative flair and I wanted the blog to have a, a real pretty and, you know, um, aesthetic with all the different decor and DIY and stuff that I would do. But I also wanted I've always kind of been an open book about Mm -hmm. my life and I guess I kind of feel sometimes that like pain and hurt is kind of wasted if you don't share it with other people. Mm -hmm. And so I really wanted, as this was my space to share, to tell my stories of things that were going on. And so the blog was actually really birthed out of this surprising uh, diagnosis that I had had of postpartum depression, um, after our third child was born. And 
Did you have postpartum depression with your other first two? No, never, never had that. And what was a bit different and why at first I didn't suspect that this was going to be postpartum is because he was about six months old and it was the summertime and and I remember thinking I was having different symptoms and whatnot, but I can remember thinking like, what, like, this is weird. You know, usually mm-hmm. you think postpartum, it happens within, you know, the first six to eight weeks. And then the more I started researching it and the more I talked to a couple of friends, um, they were, I found out you can actually get postpartum depression within the first year oh, after okay. um, giving birth. And you know, one thing led to another and I ended up, you know, with that diagnosis. And so for me, part of my journey, which we'll talk a little bit more about in healing was to open up online, to start Mm. sharing, to start telling my story and being very vulnerable about some of those very dark, very foggy, very lonely moments. And I quickly realized that there were so many other people out there who had walked or were walking through Mm -hmm. similar things Mm -hmm. and could really resonate with that. So going back to what you had mentioned that you were starting to feel like not quite yourself, um, could you tell our listeners maybe some of the specifics of what you were feeling or why you were like, I need to research what I'm feeling or what's going on? So the, one of the first signs for me was just extreme exhaustion. Um, especially during the day, uh, I felt like even my husband was maybe starting to think that I was just like being a bit lazy or trying to use the excuse <laughs> yeah. of like staying in bed. But the simplest of chores became like monumental tasks that I felt would zap all my energy. So for instance, taking a load of laundry, we live in a three-story townhouse and taking it down two flights of stairs and doing laundry was exhausting. Making the kids a grilled cheese sandwich for lunch or something like that, exhausting. I'd have mm. to go lie down and and then at night I'd be wide awake, lying, you know, laying in bed. My mind would be wandering and, you know, just was kind of in this repetitive cycle and I was crying a lot. I mean, I've always been an emotional person (laughs) as you would know. (laughs) You wear your heart on your sleeve for sure. (laughs) But I really felt that I was crying like way too much, like over really silly things. And then one of, I talk about two different moments actually that were like really the, okay, something is wrong with me. And Mm -hmm. the first came when we went down to the beach, um, about 10 minutes away from our house to watch the sun set and usually water, sand, sun, family time really gets me going. Mm -hmm. And we got, you know, uh, ice cream sundaes and we were having this little snack on the beach and I can remember the kids were running and they were skipping rocks and whatnot. And I remember sitting there and I had this like stark realization that I felt nothing like absolutely nothing absolutely nothing I didn't feel good I didn't feel bad I didn't feel I was numb that was the best way to describe it and that scared me that I was like why can't why am I not feeling good like this should make me feel super you know give me all the feels all you're a very passionate person and there was just nothing and then 
I believe it was a couple of weeks later, I was planning our middle son's um, birthday and I, it was a themed birthday party, Thomas the Train. And he had these, you know, I needed this rope for this craft. And I remember standing late at night in the aisle and I couldn't decide which rope. I was standing there and I'm staring and I think I almost blacked out. Like I went like, and when I kind of, you know, not came back to, but like, I mean, I was still there, but I realized I'd been standing there for what felt like probably hours and I just started weeping and I thought, why can't I make a decision? I am such a decisive mm-hmm, you person are. and I can't decide what rope to get for a craft <laughs> for my son's birthday. And it was, I finally just kind of give gave my head a shake and grabbed something and walked out. And I can remember driving home and I started crying and I thought to myself, something is seriously wrong with me right now mm. because I, I, this is not normal behavior. Right. So then how did you go from feeling like yeesh to, okay, let me re, like research on Google. What are some signs to go from like asking your friends to like really asking for help yeah. and what kind of help were you asking for? So I know a lot of times people say, don't Google your symptoms. Um, but in this case, I, I really think actually there's such great tools online. You just need to be careful and really do seek your doctor and, you know, actual, you know, medical professionals mm-hmm. advice. But for me, that was the first place to start, especially because I had no idea what was happening. So I started researching uh, postpartum depression, baby blues. I didn't even know what to call it really. Um, and I took three different like quizzes try these quizzes and see and all three of them said seek medical attention and um I remember then reaching out to a friend who I knew had struggled severely with postpartum and said listen these are some of my symptoms am I being too dramatic Mm -hmm. and right away she she actually wrote back I'm really sorry to tell you this Christine but I really think you need to see a doctor and she I think felt great sadness that knowing what she had walked through that one of her friends was, you know, walking through as well. So I went to my doctor. They took it very seriously. Actually, they booked me an extra long appointment. We had a long discussion. And at the end of it, he said, you have postpartum depression, anxiety, as well as adjustment uh, disorder from all the moving from sick Mm. baby, from so many transitions in such a short amount of time. So it was all kind of compounding to make it, um, make it pretty severe actually. Mm-hmm. So I, um, I right away, he, he was great. He said to me, um, first of all, do you have family around that can help? And I okay. said, no, I don't have any family. And okay. What about friends? And I said, we're, we've been here like six months. I, I know like three people, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and so then he said, okay, what about seeing a therapist? And I said, okay, that's great. I have no Mm -hmm. problem with that. So we started there. But then he said, the third thing I would suggest is then medication. But usually I would say, look to your family, your friends first for support, then to a therapist. And then finally, if none of that is working, talk, uh, consider medication. And because I knew I didn't have friends, the support around, Mm -hmm. and because I knew how dark and deep I was feeling into it and I was scared about what was next Mm 
I never got to the point of self-harm. I never got to the point of even negative thoughts towards my children. Mm -hmm. But I had heard the horror stories of moms and women who are just so deep into it that, you know, so I didn't want to even get to that point. So I said to him, I will do the counseling, but I'm going to ask to also go on the medication now because Mm -hmm. I want to get better. I just want, and there's such a stigma around medication and even like admitting that, you know, like I need help. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm so deep into this. I can't, you know, as women, as moms too, it's like, there's such a shame, I think, attached to that. Like, you can't do everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm supposed to be the strong one here for my kids. Mm-hmm. And now I need medication to help me. You just even sort out my thoughts. And, but I decided really early on that I would not, I would just choose anytime I felt the guilt, the shame, I would just choose to see it as actually giving my kids a gift. Giving them the, yeah, giving them a healthy mom, you know, Mm -hmm. um, because I couldn't do it on my own. So we did medication. We started a small dose, kind of increased it a little Mm -hmm. bit. Um, and within two months I was feeling drastically different. Um, and then that was when the blog was birthed. Okay. And, um, and about, we worked on it for about two to three months behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And then we launched, that all happened in about August, September of Mm -hmm. 2014. And then in January, 2015, we launched the blog. Mm. So it really came out. It was birthed in such a dark and lonely and hard season. And yet something so beautiful was able to come from it and continue to come from it. Exactly. And so I always say, and I tell my kids all the time, like there is beauty in the broken. It might not come right away. Yeah. It's kind of like that flower that has to push through all of the soil and then there's nothing. And all of a sudden you see this little shoot and then the next day it's like flowering. You're like, what in the world? Yeah. So yeah, I totally see that in your life. Um, Going back to after that appointment Mm -hmm. where you were diagnosed with these different things, like how did you have that conversation with your husband and with your family? Like what? So you have this diagnosis, but how do you explain it? Or like, what do you do from there? Yeah, I mean, I think for um, my husband and I have always had a very open relationship uh, in terms of communication. And uh, he, I think, felt relief, the same kind of relief I felt like, you know, okay. I mean, I was going to say, you know, you're not crazy, but like I kind of was, but <laughs> at least it was, you know, a medical reason why, There's you know, an there, w- there was an explanation because mm-hmm. I felt like I was going crazy and I didn't know what was happening to me. Mm-hmm. I just kept saying, this isn't me. This isn't me. Like what's happening to my mind, you know? And, and so he, I think felt the same kind of relief that I felt like okay, good. We know what it is. We have a, you know, plan of action and we're going to make sure you get better. Mm -hmm. Um, telling my family, my parents, my extended family, they, they were good. They were supportive. They don't understand. I think my parents have come a long way in, in the last three years. Now I think they fully get it. Um, and, but I think it took some time, you know, I think sometimes Mm -hmm. it is difficult. People think like, 
Oh, you just need to think more positive thoughts. Oh, don't be so negative, Christine. Or, oh, just take a nap. Or, you know, see the glass as half full. And (laughs) you know what I mean? And those are great mantras and and encouragements to try to live by. But when this is a medical condition, Mm -hmm. a nap and all the positive thinking isn't going to change it. And so I think educating people on that um, and really getting them to understand where you're at and what you're going through. Um, being vulnerable like that, it's difficult, mm-hmm. but it has really you know, strengthened even my relationship with my my parents, for sure, walking through this together. Mm-hmm. And I think too, I know at least my parents and I mean, our parents are kind of the same age, so that generation, there wasn't a lot of talk about yeah. you know postpartum depression mm-hmm. or mental health in any scenario For sure. and so I think like you were saying about that education part they didn't have any of this stuff really that they're able to google or to find yeah. out it was just this is how I felt and but it was a little bit of shame to that so I don't want to talk about it mm-hmm. so people didn't talk about this mm-hmm. and I still find there's a little bit of that absolutely like I want to be that strong mom like you were saying I don't really want to admit that I need help yeah. And I want to be able to read those self-help books and like count to three and take deep yeah. breaths and whatnot. Yeah. But I love how you said, you know, that's great, but that just may not be enough. Absolutely. And I, you know, just yesterday I had a reader reach out to me and she said, how are you dealing with anxiety? Cause it's still something I struggle through. Mm-hmm. Um, while the postpartum has resolved, um, I, I, I do deal with anxiety still. And, and she said, you know, my husband doesn't get it. How do, mm. and, and I thought to myself, wow, that would be really tough. I'm so thankful that I have a husband who gets it mm-hmm. and who is so supportive. And so I tried to, you know, say a few things to encourage her, to encourage him, mm-hmm. you know, um, because, yeah, there is, it's so tough. There's not enough information about it and um there still is that kind of negative stigma attached to all of it right and don't you find too like sometimes you just don't know what to say and so I know people are like well I'll think of you and I'll Hmm. pray for you and like let me know if you need anything and um so did you find practically there were moments or times where people came around you and you really felt like man that helped me um it's hard because I, I want to say yes, but I don't really remember a lot of mm-hmm. that. Um, one of the ways I describe it on the blog, I did like a four or five part series about the journey and the diagnosis and all of that. But the way I kind of describe it is this fog, you mm-hmm. know, and that fog settled on, over my life for the, more than a year. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard sometimes, even in the beginning of the treatment to to remember how Uh, things were kind of unfolding, but I didn't have a lot of friends at that point. Mm -hmm. There was one girl I met, um, at a mom's group that I decided to go to. And I actually, I I wrote a blog post about her meeting somebody in the parking lot and I just cried out for help. I looked at her and I said, do you have any friends? And what the hilarious thing about it is she's like, she's got a million friends, (laughs) but she's then one of the nicest people I know. And she said, well, yeah, but like, I want to be your friend too. Like, oh, let's hang so out. And mm-hmm. she has uh, had a profound impact on my life. But, you know, there's a, a story I once heard about, and I don't even actually remember where I heard it or who, like all the details. So I feel like I'm even going to probably butcher it. But somebody was in a hospital 
and their child was going through a hard time and their friend called and said, um, I'm here Hmm. in the hospital. I'm going to be in the lobby for the next two hours. And so if you want to come down, I'm here to give you a hug. I'm here to be with you. I'm here Mm -hmm. to pray with you. I'm here to buy you dinner, whatever it is. I'm here. Mm -hmm. So come, you know, and that, and it was, I think I heard it probably in a sermon or something like that Mm -hmm. as an illustration of, to what you said earlier here about people saying like, oh, let me know if you need anything. Mm -hmm. Well, the truth is they do need something, but they're, they don't want, you don't want to be a burden and it's hard mm-hmm. to ask, it is. you know, and already when there's so much shame or whatever attached to all of this, and you probably don't know a lot of people around, it's very difficult to say, actually, yeah, could you cook my family of five a meal <laughs> tonight? <laughs> yeah. Could you babysit yeah. the kids? <laughs> right. Like, so I could just go take a nap, like, right. I, you know? And so my, when I, I remember hearing that message and I was like, yes, like just do it. Just be there. Just go into that situation when you know a friend is hurting. Don't mm-hmm. wait for the invitation in to help them or to mm-hmm. serve them. Just figure out a practical way to show up in their life Completely. and to, yeah, to really just be, be there in their mess in mm-hmm. in the midst of their chaos. <laughs> yes, I love it. And I do remember now, not specifically with the postpartum depression, but when your third child was in the NICU, I remember a mutual friend of ours reached out to me and said, do you know Christine's email address? She mm-hmm. lived in um, four hours away from you at the time. She's like, I just want to send her a Swiss chalet yep. gift card yeah. through email. Yeah. And I was like, what a wonderful way. Like she wasn't going to drive four hours to bring you a meal, but she wanted to make sure. That's a hundred percent right. She she did that. And she wasn't even that close of a friend at that point. She was a mutual friend that we had from, you know, 12 years ago, 15 Mm -hmm. years ago in our childhood. And I was so profoundly touched by that. And since then, actually, Mm -hmm. I've gone on to do that to a few other people that I know. I mean, we've got friends all over the country Mm -hmm. and, and uh, whenever I've been able to do that, not physically be there yes. to be able to send something along to just show, Hey, I, I feel you. I'm here for you. Right. And I've actually done that. I had a friend um, who we went to camp together and she had a child that was in the NICU for quite a while. And I was like, I don't know what to say. I haven't talked to her in a long time, but I was like, you know what? I loved what this person did for you. And I know you talked about it yeah. and how it like blessed you and yeah. really helped and encouraged you. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to send you a special gift. card. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just going to copy. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so perfect. It really is. I agree. Um, so jumping to the next question, um, for those who are listening and thinking like, oh, Christine, you are reading my mail. Mm. Like what kind of, um, what would you want to say to encourage them or to help them maybe take the next step to seeking help? I think it's really important to like get real with yourself. If you like to, one of the things my husband has always said to me is like, you're really in tune with the stuff that's going on in your body. Mm -hmm. And, um, so to really have like a real frank discussion with yourself about yourself. You know, I think sometimes we lie to ourselves. Like we, we're all, I'm okay. I just need a nap, mm-hmm. you know, or 
but I just need to be more positive or, you know, stuff like that. So I think the first step is to get real, to figure out, is this normal behavior? How long has it been going on? You know, to try and self-assess as much mm-hmm. as you can. And then I would say really turn to Google at first um, to, and not just one, but I was reading like article after article. Like I said, it took at least three tests mm-hmm. um, just to get a ballpark, just to see, okay, is this, am I crazy? Am I like, is, you know, mm-hmm. and after reading enough, uh, that's when I turned to my friend who I knew had struggled with it. Okay. And then that's when she was like, yes, go to your doctor. And mm-hmm. that was, of course, a hard phone call. I remember I was crying on the phone to the secretary at the doctor's office saying, mm-hmm. you know, I think I'm depressed and I, I don't know what to do. And and right away she was like, can you come in like within like two days, which is uh, okay. not normal here in Canada. <laughs> we just got to wait a little longer for that free health care to kick in. <laughs> And, you know, we had a double booked appointment and it was very, um, they took it very seriously. And Mm -hmm. so, so yeah, there was a couple of steps, um, involved, but, uh, if you know someone who has walked through it, even if it is someone you don't know personally, maybe it is a blogger online, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe it is someone that you've seen talk about it send an email, reach out if you're not sure. And, uh, I know I have people who do it all the time. Like I said, just last night, a reader, you know, messaged me on Instagram and said, how do I deal with this anxiety? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, just don't stay quiet, become active because nobody's going to pull you out of your funk. Mm-hmm. Nobody, you have to be determined that you're going to do it and you're going to seek help for the betterment of your children and your family and ultimately mm-hmm. your own life, you know? Right. Yeah. So. And I think that's a very courageous thing to do. Mm-hmm. I know you're talking about sometimes like the stigma of like, uh, oh, I'm going to look upon as like weak or broken. Yeah. No, 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 no. Let's say it right now. Mm-hmm. People who seek help Mm-hmm. and know even in themselves that something is just not right, those are the most brave and courageous people Absolutely. to be able to fight, to yeah. fight for, you know, finding out what's going on and to fight for health yeah. and for wellness and for themselves and their families. Absolutely. And the stuff that has come out of it, like this blog and so many mm-hmm. relationships and uh, has been so beautiful. They're really, like you said at the start of the show, there is beauty in broken, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I, my life is, is a, a testimony to that, you know, and, uh, and I just, I just can't imagine having not sought that help. Um, I don't want to imagine. Yeah, no. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so final question, Christine, uh, what advice would you give to family or friends of people um, who are thinking and listening? You know what? I think my friend or my wife might have postpartum depression, but they're they're not ready to admit that they need help or to make that call. Um, what advice would you give to them? Mm, that's a tricky one. Um, be really gracious. Mm. Be really gentle. Because if she doesn't know it yet, that's, again, there's that pride, there's that stigma, you know, that she's not going to probably want to admit it or hear it. Um, and so just having more open conversations, honest conversations, 
How are you feeling today? Where are you at? Mm -hmm. You know, how come you're so sad? How come you're so tired? Like, you know, um, how can I help you? Like, what Mm -hmm. is there other things going on that are upsetting you? Like those kind of, but never in a judgy kind of way, Mm -hmm. uh, never in, um, yeah, just, just always lead with grace. Mm -hmm. Um, because I mean, if she is walking through it, she's in a really dark and lonely and spiraling Mm -hmm. place. And having that hand to just like pull you up, like think of it like you're drowning, you know, Mm -hmm. and having that hand to come down and just pull you out of the water. Um, that's what you need to, you need to be that lifesaver for Mm. her, especially when she, if she doesn't see it herself. And so, um, but to lead with the grace and love and patience, you know, even if you don't understand it all, to try your best to, that's one of the things my husband has done really well how, how is it that I can help you you know um what do you need me to do for you today mm-hmm. you know sometimes it's can you come home an hour early I can't handle this or can you just put the kids to bed I need to just go sit you know mm-hmm. or just you know when it becomes too much um and so to have that um support system around her Mm-hmm. Um, is so important and critical to her success in conquering mm-hmm. postpartum. So, well, I love what you said um, about when we were asking the question, like, you know, oh, Christine, you're reading my mail. What can I do? And you said, don't stay silent. And it sounds like you're saying the same thing, the same advice to family and friends. Like, don't stay silent. I know that's an uncomfortable conversation mm-hmm. to have and really confrontational, right? For you sure. don't know how the other person is going to react. For sure. And that's a really scary place to be. Mm-hmm. But the same thing we're talking about, like, that's going to take some courage. It's going to sure. take some courage to not stay silent mm-hmm. and to shine some light in, like you were saying, in some dark places. Absolutely. And I think that... Um, for me, at least speaking from my own experience, I was desperate to get out of it. I mm. knew I, I'm a very vibrant, lively personality. Mm-hmm. I love life. I love people. I love my kids. I love to have fun. I wasn't loving anything. I, I was, and I was, that's why I was so concerned about where am I? Like where I'm in this alternate universe, almost what mm. it felt like. like I'm not present in my body. And so for me, anything was a lifeline, like, please help me. And mm-hmm. so I would say a lot of women who are in this are waiting for that, that, that dinghy, you know, mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. that arm to come down and say, here, grab on, like, mm-hmm. I'm going to help and do whatever I can. Um, because yeah, we want to be whole. We want to be healthy. We want to be, you know, there for our kids and our families. And, uh, and so, yeah, it's so important to talk about it and to develop that support system around around each other for this. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Christine, for being so mm. honest and open and um, being able to take us through your journey and to shine some light uh, in postpartum depression. And I'm just wondering, um, how can our audience and our listeners find out more about you, about your blog, and how to reach out to you via social media? 
For sure. Well, thank you again for having me. It's a huge honor. Uh, you know how much I look up to you guys and love you guys and uh, I'm proud of what you guys are doing. So thank you for that. But so the blog is amidst the chaos dot ca. Spell that I, I know. <laughs> Nobody gonna ever, ever spell it. It's A M I D S T amidst the and then chaos C H A O S dot C A. That took me a minute there. It's a little late. Uh so that's the blog. And then um on Instagram, which is one of our favorite places to hang out, mm-hmm. it's just amidst A M I D S T dot the dot chaos. And we're on Facebook and Pinterest amidst the chaos. And we're also on YouTube. And we do lots on YouTube. Um, so you can just actually look us up amidst the chaos. And uh, you should find my smiley little face there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it would be awesome for our listeners to um, even just check you out and be able to put um, a face to a voice. <laughs> <laughs> and I do have to mention that um, she has the most amazing recipes about <laughs> cheese pancakes <laughs> and banana chocolate chip muffins, which we will link in our show notes. So don't worry. <laughs> They're coming. <laughs> so thank you again, Chris. Christine. It's such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Wow, Daniel, you were like absolutely silent that episode. You had nothing to say? Well, I was (laughs) sitting behind you guys, listening in, make sure making sure everything was going well. (laughs) And it just felt like a a besties vibe, I don't know, a a woman kind of conversation because you're talking about postpartum depression. Even though I know it does affect the entire the family. family. It yeah. really does. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it was a good interview. Yeah, I thought so too. I thought it was really practical. And actually, um, we recorded this podcast probably about three weeks ago, yeah. but it um, really applied to us recently. Yeah, we were recently in the hospital for a few days because Macarios had an infected lymph node and the doctors didn't really, they weren't 100% sure if that's what it was mm-hmm. and if it was going to get better or worse. So we are in the hospital. We have not yet gotten the hospital bill. <laughs> we are prepared. Mm, uh, first but, American stay. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. But, you know, it was in, in light of this podcast, right? In light of what you and Christine were talking about, to be on the other side of receiving help when we were hurting mm-hmm. by our friends, by our church family, by our neighbors. It was just such a... a there's like no words to describe, yeah, right? Yeah, you're like right. grateful and thankful and blessed are. Uh, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. I think there's so much more that um, I wish we could say, uh, but I think the things that we have learned, like people who came by and just visited us in the hospital, and just brought us meals, yeah. offered to take care of the kids, mm-hmm. like really, and um, really meant when they said, you know, ask for anything or just offered like here i'm gonna i'm gonna do this for you and you're like yeah. oh okay <laughs> yeah so we really hope that through this episode the next time you notice someone uh who around you who is hurting that you would be able to reach out that you would pray and, and ask god hey how can i be of of uh of, of a unique help or of Completely. a special help to them what resources do i have even if it's your time and i mean you know even when friends visited us in the hospital it's not like they I mean, just spending time with us just meant so much. And a ton of our friends who who didn't visit as well, I mean, you know, they 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 commented on Facebook and Instagram. They texted us. They helped us. And I mean, it just meant yeah, Mm -hmm. it it just meant so much. So, 
Yeah, we hope that this episode is helpful. Uh, be sure to go to inbetween.org backslash episode 13 for the show notes. And we'd love for you to share your story as well and, and comment at In Between Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. But next week, we are going to be talking about... Stay-at-home parents. Yeah. So the choice to become one, how to make the most of the season if you are a stay-at-home parent and what it looks like to re-enter the workforce oh i need the last part uh, i don't know what to do <laughs> some good research uh so it was some really really good research actually that we'll we'll share in that next episode awesome. so be sure to subscribe tell a friend about the podcast and yeah thank you again for listening in we'll catch you next time this episode was brought to you in part by The Compelled Podcast, which uses gripping, immersive storytelling to bring Christian testimonies to life. Listen to missionaries, addicts, martyrs, and more who have seen Jesus at work in unbelievable ways. Listen on your podcast app or compelledpodcast.com.